The text for this morning's uh, message will be found in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, we're going to read verse 13 down through verse 21. Here as Paul is writing to this church at Rome, he's answering a question. We need to always keep that in mind. He's answering a question, well, if salvation is by grace through faith and and all these blessings of God come upon those who have faith, um, why did Israel miss out? I mean, I thought they were God's people. They've been God's people Uh, throughout all of the Old Testament. And here, as Paul is writing this, they had rejected God. They had gone away. So what happened? How does that happen? He's been answering that question, telling us we must follow by faith and and laying out the plan of salvation for us. So we need to keep that in mind as we learn this morning from what the Bible has to say. Romans chapter 10, we'll pick it up in verse 13. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them which preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold, and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel, he saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, thank you for this day and for the blessing it is to be here. I pray that all has, that has been said and done so far has been to your glory and that you would receive honor in it, Lord. And even now as we come to the preaching of the word that you would remove the distractions in our hearts and our minds, all the things that might be weighing on us and Help us to be attentive, Lord. Give us open ears and open hearts as we learn the truth of your word and the truth of your grace and mercy. I ask that you do the work that I cannot do in the hearts and minds of all that hear this, Lord, that you would draw us, change us, mold us, whatever it needs to be done, Lord, that you would do the work in us through your Holy Spirit. I pray you give me the words to say and that you would stand forth above all. I thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. You may be seated. So anyone watch the news lately? Probably, right? (laughs) There's something to see every day, whether it's the virus or stay-at-home orders or color codes or justices or picket. It's there, right? There's some news somewhere. And I'm sure that if you've watched the news, you're 100% sure of all that's going on, right? You know the exact truth about each subject because you watched the news and you heard it from the media. That's really hard to know, isn't it? It's really hard to know who exactly is telling the truth. Is this right? Is this skewed by somebody's viewpoint or 
Is there an agenda behind it? It's kind of hard to know whether it's Facebook or a news app or CNN. I don't know who watches that or Fox or name it. It's, it's hard to know. Is this the truth? Well, let me tell you this morning, I am thankful for the simplicity of the gospel. I am thankful for the simplicity of God's truth that he gives us. And it doesn't matter if it's Old Testament or New Testament from the beginning to the end. God lets us know what we need to know. And it's, it's told different ways. It's played out in different ways. But in reality, the message that God has for us is very straightforward and easy to understand. We need to be saved. We need to be reconciled to Him. We need to be forgiven of our sins and uh, come into a right relationship with Him. That's what the Bible tells us. It's easy to understand. The same cannot be said for the world around us. No, there you find confusion, especially in the time we're living in now. You hear report after report or statistic after statistic and you've got opinions everywhere and you find that you have to kind of sort through it, right? You have to be discerning and and decide, okay, that's truth, that makes sense, this doesn't, so I'm going to accept, to some extent, uh, this, the true stuff, and I'm going to reject the stuff that's false. Well, you understand there's some people who believe all that they hear. We try to be discerning and say, no, this is right, this is wrong. You have to do that with the information that comes from the world. Thankfully, God takes the guesswork out of it for us. We come to His Word and believing that this is truth. In fact, Jesus says so. When Jesus is praying in the garden before He is crucified, He makes a very important statement. In John chapter 17 and verse 17, Jesus says this as He's praying to the Father, Sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy word is truth. And if Jesus says it, that's all I need. Jesus, who is God in the flesh, says that His word is truth. This is what we need to know, so it takes the guesswork out of it. I don't have to sort through anything in here. If God says it, that settles it. You ever heard that phrase? Some people add, uh, if God says it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, no, no. My belief doesn't change the truth of God. There's a lot of people who don't believe in Him. doesn't change the fact that He is, and His Word is true. So God takes the guesswork out of it. We come to us, and we either accept it or we reject it. It's pretty much that simple, right? We saw, we've been seeing the simplicity of the gospel over the last few weeks. That, this wonderful passage in Romans chapter 10 where He, de, he describes salvation and, and tells us how we are redeemed, how we can be forgiven of sin and justified or made righteous, put in a right relationship with God. And that is not by works. It's not by doing or not doing something or keeping a checklist of all the good things I've done and a, and a list of all the bad things I haven't done. It's not by works because uh, he makes it clear no flesh is justified by deeds of the law. He tells us that in earlier chapters. It's not by works. It's not by self-righteousness. No, he tells us it is by faith in Christ alone. In fact, look up in verse 9. He says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See, it's, it's in our heart. As we believe in Jesus and who He is and what He did and how it affects me. We believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth. And by the way, that's not two different things. Some people 
kind of separated. No, the confession comes from the belief that happened. You know why I say I believe in Jesus? Because I believed in him in my heart, so I can't help but say it. Hey, he saved me. Even though I was not worthy of it and I didn't deserve any of it, no, in his love, he saved me when I called. I believed in my heart. So you know what? I confess with my mouth. That's what Paul's saying. It's something that comes from within. And this simple gospel is for everyone. Look at verse 12. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. You understand who he's talking to. The Israelites thought that it was them and everybody else. So Paul says, hey, there's no difference between you and everybody else. There's no difference between all the people of the world. And there is some uh, spotlight being shed on what is called racial tension or racial differences. I've said it many times. I'll say it again and again and again. Racism is a foolish thing because it doesn't exist. There are no races but the human race. And every color, every ethnicity, every different people group is made the same as the other. In the image of God, in the need of salvation, fallen from grace, we all need Christ. And God died for every person on that cross. There is no difference between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. Every human on the face of the planet who has ever lived, who is living and will ever live, can be saved by faith through grace in Christ. By grace through faith in Christ, excuse me. So we have this wonderful statement in verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I love those verses. I love that phrase, whosoever. I love the all verses. Because that tells me exactly the heart of God. All of, all of His creation, whoever calls on Him, anyone can be saved. Whoever, whosoever will may come, the Scripture says. So, why doesn't everybody believe? Why isn't everyone saved? That's a valid question, right? If it's this simple, and the Scriptures are this clear, then why isn't everybody saved? That's a valid question. It's one that we have as we read the Scripture. It's one that the readers of this letter, as it was delivered, would have. Well, If this is the case, Paul, then why isn't everyone saved? Why isn't Israel saved? Why isn't the rest of the world saved? After all, it's a simple message. Believe and be saved. Why doesn't everyone do that? And so Paul's going to answer that question with an argument using a series of questions. Do you ever have anybody do that? You ask them a question and they respond in a question. <laughs> hey, can you do this for me? Why? What do you mean? To get, answer a question with it. There's very few people that are good at doing that. And the only one I've met that can do it successfully is Paul. <laughs> Not anybody else I've talked to. He's the only one that can answer a question with a question and do it successfully. And as he does here, he's going to give an argument and, and a, a line of thinking that really helps us. And Paul does this all the time in his writings. It's, it's part of his training, um, being under Gamaliel, if that name rings a bell. Uh, he was taught to do this. This is a way of reasoning. And as he asks these questions, they get us to think, oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't think about that. And as he gives his answer, he teaches. He teaches us. So 
as, as we try to answer that question, why isn't everyone saved? He's going to give us a couple reasons. The first reason I want you to notice this morning as we walk through this is that preaching is neglected. Preaching is neglected. So let's walk through and see, see where that comes out. Look in verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Whosoever calls on him will be saved. Well, how are they going to call on him unless they believe? Now you see... There's a distinction made between calling on His name and believing. The, the word call means to appeal, to cry out to. And the word believe, well, you can find it in this passage. You can find it just about all over the New Testament. It's the same word as faith. The same root word as faith. So you could say, how shall they call on Him in whom they, don't, in whom they haven't placed their faith in? In whom they haven't believed, right? See, this call that he's talking about is much more than just saying his name. It's much more than just a repeated prayer or saying, yeah, I believe Jesus existed or I believe he was a good man or even those prayers that people throw up during a particularly hard time, like a good luck, a good luck charm. God, if you could help me out, if you could throw me a bone here, that'd be great. There's a lot of people that do that in really hard times. There's a call made, but is the faith there? That's what Paul is saying. Think of the call this way. This call that Paul is talking about is like one that you would place to 911. Help me, please come. And as you make that call, and I hope you never have, I hope you never have to, but as you make that call, there's a faith there that they're going to come and help, right? Unless I guess you live in like Seattle or Chicago or someplace. Defund the police. Insane. Anyways, there's a faith that they're going to come and help, right? Come help me. Because you're out of options. And you need somebody to do something for you. That's the call Paul is talking about. Lord, help me. I need, I need help. I believe that you can save me from sin, which I can't, I can't save myself from sin and hell and the wrath of God. It's that faith looking to Him for help that produces this call. How are they going to call on Him unless they believe in Him, right? So it's belief that produces the call. Okay, look, look at the next thing he says. How shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in Him in whom they have not heard? Well, it's belief that produces the call. Okay, well, how do you get to belief? How are they going to believe if they haven't heard about Him? You can't believe if you haven't heard. We don't automatically believe in Jesus just walking down the street. It doesn't dawn on people in the middle of their lives someday that I'm, I'm in a bad spiritual situation. I, I, I'm not in a good place before God, and you know what? I need to believe in Jesus. No, the Scripture is pretty clear on that. In fact, in verses we know well, like Romans chapter 3, it tells us, There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. We don't seek after Him. We don't uh, petition Him of ourselves. We have to be told. We have to be told of judgment and sin. We have to be told of, of grace and mercy. In fact, it doesn't matter if you're 8 or 80, we all need to be told. And we won't believe until that happens. Here's why. Because we think we're fine. If it wasn't for the Bible, 
informing us, right? We all think we're pretty good people. Because we look at others, like those in jail or those doing really bad things, and we say, see, I, I don't do that. I'm a pretty good guy. Until the Bible comes along, turns on the light to say, nah, 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 sin is sin. And all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have to be told that, right? How, how are they going to believe unless they hear the message of not only sin, but of the cross and of salvation that is found in Christ? It's that hearing that brings belief. And this is more than just physical hearing. He's talking about the idea of understanding. My kids hear a lot of things. Hey, go do this. Okay, Dad. Ten minutes later. What's going on? I told you to do this. Did you hear me? Yeah. Well, you might have heard. You didn't understand. There's a difference between physical hearing and hearing with the heart, right? That's what Paul's talking about. It's that work of the Spirit that as we, as we hear the Word, as the Word is preached, or we even read the Word, the Spirit works in our mind and in our hearts and it begins to turn on the light. It begins to take away some of that blindness that's on our hearts and show us, hey, I need a Savior, and here is why. It's the hearing that brings belief. Hearing brings belief. Belief produces the call. Okay, well, how does hearing come? Let's look at the end of verse 14. How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they hear without a preacher? The word for preaching is herald. A public crier, somebody who proclaims. Uh, they would go, uh, it's used in other writings, they would go before like the king and say, the king is coming, get ready, or he's coming to your town. They would publicly cry these things so people knew what was happening. That's what the, the word is used here. How are we going to hear what the Word says unless somebody proclaims it? Somebody has to tell us what the Word says, right? If you know the Lord as Savior this morning, there was some point in your life somebody told you. And it might have taken different forms. It might have been written. The Holy Spirit is the best preacher. Let me just say that. There's a job I can never do. And he works through his word. You might have sat down. Somebody gave you a Bible. And you might have started reading. And he turned some lights on. And you read like John chapter 3. And whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Or Ephesians 2. And passing from death to life by grace through faith. These wonderful passages. And the Spirit told you what you needed to know. You might have heard somebody preach. Like now, sat in a service and the Spirit used that. You might have listened to the radio. You might have read it in a book. But somewhere along the line, somebody told you what the Bible said. Right? We have to hear. And preachers must preach the Word. They spoke this Word of life in whatever form, and that is the method that you heard. How shall they hear unless somebody preaches? How shall they hear without a preacher? Now, you do understand that that method is not exactly what we would choose. <laughs> it's not the human's first choice. In fact, there's many people who look for signs. It's like, if God's going to talk to me, there's going to be a light come out. And, oh, that whole thing. And I'm going to hear this big voice. It sounds like James Earl Jones talking. Excuse me, can I talk to you? you know? People are looking for a sign. Or people want to mentally understand it. I need to check all the boxes and it needs to be laid out perfectly before I do anything. But let me tell you what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says this. For, in the, for after that, in the wisdom of God... Hold on. 
There we go. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It's not worldly wisdom. We think of other things. We go other places. Listen now. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. There's that sign. I want, I want to see God come down to me like He did in the Old Testament. Then I'll listen. Or you've got the Greek mind that wants to reason through anything. I'll do it if it all makes sense. But we preach Christ crucified. Under the Jews, a stumbling block, and under the Greeks, foolishness. Doesn't make sense to the human mind. It's just speaking the word, and people get saved. Me just saying some words, although they come from God. That's how I was saved. I sat in a pew and I heard somebody say some things about the Bible and the Spirit used that. It wasn't a light coming down out of heaven. It wasn't this, this checklist and form that I got assigned that I understand everything. No, it was the foolishness of preaching. Here's what Paul says. Unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. To some it's a stumbling block, to some it's foolishness. To us who know it's the power of God, isn't it? Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. How has God chosen to uh, save people through preaching? And how will people hear unless we do what we are told? So you, someone told you the gospel, you heard it, and it changed you forever. We ought to be thankful for, for sound biblical preaching and pastors that do that. Because that today is in short supply. There's a lot of motivational speakers standing behind a pulpit. Listen, I, you could come here and I could give you seven steps of chicken soup for the soul and, and make you feel real good and happy and raising your hands as you go out of here. But if I do not tell you what the Word says, I have failed in my job. You know what the command to me as a pastor is? Preach the Word. In season, out of season, preach the Word. Because it's the word and the preaching of it that changes hearts and lives. How shall they hear unless we do that? Now notice in verse 15. I want you to see this too. How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. How shall they preach unless they be sent? Sent? Oh, whew, that's pastors and preachers, right? That gets me off the hook. That's only for those God-called men, so whew, leave it to them. And I'll just go about my merry way doing what I do. Well, hold on a second. That word sent is apostello. Kind of sounds familiar, like apostle. Now, the word means sent ones, those who are sent, those who are given a message. And the idea here, when Paul says, how shall they preach except they be sent, it's speaking to the content of the message, the reason why we have been sent. God's church has been sent with a message, haven't we? Go, make disciples of all nations, baptize them, teach them, and do that again and again and again. It's called the Great Commission. We have been sent with a message, and a very specific and important one. There are a lot of people proclaiming messages out there. They pack auditoriums and give you guides to build your business or guides to be successful or guides to manage your money. They publicly proclaim a message. 
And they have thousands of people that follow them and millions of dollars in book and program sales. They're preaching a message, but it's not the message that saves, you see. We have been sent with the message that when it is preached, brings belief. And belief produces the call. Keep your finger here and turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Just one book to the right. I want you to see some phrasing that Paul uses here. We have been sent with a message from God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and beginning in verse 1, Paul is speaking here to the church at Corinth and he says this, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. By the way, that same word, I preach to you. I proclaim to you, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand. You see now, Romans 10 here, you heard the preaching, you heard the gospel that I preached, you receive it and you stand in it. It's that, that progression he's, he's laying out in Romans chapter 10. Verse 2, by which you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. What did he receive? How that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. I gave to you what I received. I preached to you what was preached to me. The Gospel. Beloved, this same Gospel that Paul preaches is the same Gospel that has been delivered to us. That Christ died for our sins, that He was buried, and that He rose again on the third day. The Bible tells us. Somebody preached that gospel to us, and we are saved because of it. And you know what? We preach the same thing, don't we? We preach the same thing. We've been sent with a message from God, this simple gospel. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. There's no one who doesn't need to hear this. Everyone does. And we have been sent with that message. So it's not just for pastors. Although, woe be unto me if I never do preach the gospel like I should. It's not just for pastors and preachers. It's for us because we are sent church, aren't we? Mark says this in Mark's account of the Great Commission. Go preach the gospel to every creature. I love that phrasing. You just go preach. Doesn't matter what they look like. Doesn't matter what they're from. You preach the gospel and you let me do the work. But that is the marching orders of his church. Go preach the gospel. So we know that we've been sent. We know that preaching brings belief. It brings hearing. And hearing brings belief. And belief produces the call. Notice verse 17. Back in Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says this. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith is produced as the heart is stirred to belief, as the Word is preached. Salvation doesn't happen apart from that. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. How will they they believe without that? That's the first issue. That's what Paul is attacking. Listen now, could it be that people aren't being saved, or aren't giving their lives to God because we aren't going? We aren't preaching, we aren't proclaiming. So they aren't hearing and they aren't believing. How else will they hear if we don't go, church? What do we expect somebody else to do it? I'm too busy. Hopefully that other church gets on it. Hopefully they turn their radio station to the right one. 
I've got my own struggles. I've really got a lot going on. Thank God somebody didn't do that to you. Thank God somebody set aside what was going on in their life to tell you the gospel, to invite you to church, to give you the tract, whatever. Somebody didn't do that for you, right? And if we go not, people will hear not. It's like as if we walk around hoping they learn by osmosis. I hope somebody that somewhere they pick it up or, or I'll wait for them to ask. What if they never ask? They're not going to naturally they have to be told. And we can sit back and moan about society and the lack of God in society and say it's so bad and evil. How do you think it got there? Perhaps the silence of the sent ones. How do we expect them to know any better? We didn't until somebody told us. And we put on fake piety. Oh, those poor people, they really need God. Oh, I hope that they're saved. Really? Do you? Let's go tell them. Let's go. Walk right into the middle of the mess of society and tell the gospel. Because that's exactly what the early church did. That's what exactly what the church has done down through the ages. To go into the sinful world and speak the gospel because it's the gospel that saves. And oh, we got our excuses, don't we? I have read more times about churches, whether they be the Lord's churches or not, decrying the state of California. Churches talking about uprooting and missing, uh, 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 leaving. Let me tell you what California is. It's a mission field that's white unto harvest, that's ready to be picked. And listen, we have all, myself included, found ourselves thinking how much better it would be somewhere else. It'd be better if I could raise my kids in this way. It'd be better if I could get a house here. It'd be better, it'd be better. Well, it's probably not along your lines of thinking, it'd be a better place to witness. I can witness to more people there. Or, I really like that church. No, you know what we're saying, all of us, me too? I could escape the world a little bit and the sinful influence. Hmm. That's not what we're supposed to do, is it? We're supposed to be a light in the world. And we want to run away? No, no, no. You know, I, I go a lot of places. I've traveled a lot of places and I've done a lot of thinking. What about here? This looks pretty good. <laughs> what about over there? You know what? I come back here to the cities, the urban um, environment that we're in. I look around at people, and you know what? The same broken people I see here, I see in other places. Because all humanity is broken. There's no promised land on this earth. Promised land is heaven. And while we're here, we got a call. We are sent. We are sent to go tell the gospel. I am here to tell people about what Jesus did for me, to preach the gospel in whatever form that I can so that they may hear and they may believe and they may do the same. And that will never happen if we never say a word. Undercover witnessing and undercover Christianity does nothing. Nothing. So how about we go tell them and show them in Scripture so they hear the word which produces the faith and they believe. That's the first reason. Perhaps preaching is neglected and that's why people aren't saved. Let's look at the second one as we move to a close. The first one is preaching is neglected. Here's the second reason I see that it, uh, as to why everyone isn't saved. People reject it. Preaching is neglected and people reject it. Verse 16 in Romans chapter 10 sums it up pretty good. I, I really can't put it in any better wording. It says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. That's it. 
they have not all obeyed the gospel. Even though they've heard, even though they've understood and saw some things in Scripture, they haven't obeyed. They rejected. And make no mistake, as Paul says this here about Israel, it's certainly true of Israel. They heard. And many today have heard. Look in verse 18. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, they have. Yes, verily. Their sound went all into their sound went into all the earth and their words into the ends of the world. The sound has gone out. Israel had prophet after prophet after prophet. You can read that in the Old Testament. And there are many today who have heard preacher after preacher or testimony after testimony, all proclaiming the truth of God very clearly and very simply, preaching the gospel. And why people why aren't they saved? They hear it and they say, No. Nope. I reject that. Think of those in your own life, those who have come to church with you and heard the gospel, or they, you, you've told them your own testimony. You, you get that response, right? Oh, that's nice. That's a, thank you for telling me that. But no, it's not for me. I've heard that many times. Or they get more adamant. Stop inviting me to church, please. Stop, stop telling, stop talking about Jesus. All the way up to hatred. Don't mention that name. Who do you think you are? We've seen it all, right? Rejection of the truth of God. You know firsthand that people reject and therefore they face the eternal wrath of God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 says this, They perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. They received not. It was offered. It was put before them and they said no. You know, God allows that. He's not going to force it. God allows us to choose. I can't tell you how many times I've preached a message and the gospel has gone out to the best of my stumbling ability. And I've seen conviction as the word worked on people's faces. And I'm praying up here, Lord, save them. Like, can you just zap them and just do it? Because I know they need it. Just do it, Lord. But I, I know that he allows us to choose. And I've watched him walk away. He allows us to do that. God gives us a free will. And there are many, just like Israel, who's talking about, who turn their back on His Word. Even though they've heard, even though they've seen, even though they've been warned. Again and again they've been warned. Look in verse 19. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I lost my place there. I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. And by a foolish nation, I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found of them that sought me not. And I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. Okay, you probably read that. That's Old Testament quotes. And you say, what, what's going on there? Let me put it in layman terms. God has warned Israel over and over. You guys are going to keep messing around and you're going to blow it. You're going to keep rejecting me. You're going to keep turning a deaf ear. You're going to keep hearing and not obeying. Keep rejecting God and He will reject you. And He'll turn away to somebody who will listen. And that's exactly what happened, isn't it? The same holds true today. You understand. You need to understand. All of us need to understand. God owes us nothing. Nothing. We deserve nothing but His wrath and His judgment for our sin. But what do we do? We say, no, God. Wait, God. Maybe next week. 
We'll see what the message is like next week. If the message is better, if the song service is better, if I feel like it, maybe then I'll think about being saved. God does not owe that to us. We don't know what's going to happen when we walk out of this building. We are praying by the mercy and the grace of God that we are able to live another day and enjoy the life that He's given us. But we take it upon ourselves to decide whether or not we will submit to Him, decide whether or not His Word is truth, to say no, to reject. Be careful with that. If you find yourself doing that today and you've heard the Gospel and maybe the Lord has stirred your heart and you're pushing it away, be very careful. Eternal things hang in the balance. Do not disregard the warnings of Scripture when it says today is the day of salvation. Do not harden your heart. Do not disregard the gospel of God. I pray that you would not hear and reject, but that you would hear and believe. Look in verse 21. I am thankful for God's mercy, even in the face of my own hard-heartedness. Notice what he says. But to Israel he saith, all day long, I have stretched forth my hands to a disobedient and gainsaying people all day long. Chance after chance after chance. To those who are disobedient, to those who willfully reject, those who stiffen their neck and harden their heart to His Word, God reaches out. That's love and that's mercy. So I pray that you don't reject. I, heard, I pray that you don't hear the Word preached and disobey. The writer of Hebrews tells us this in Hebrews 4, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. We both heard the same gospel. Some believed, some didn't. Why? It was not mixed with faith in them that heard it. They rejected it. Why aren't some saved? Well, they hear the word and they hear the simple gospel that tells us we are sinners in the sight of a holy God. We are facing eternal judgment and death because we are guilty of our own sins. The gospel that tells us that God loved us so much, He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross as the sacrifice for sin. His blood was shed for the remission of your sin, of my sin. He took our place on that cross. He took the wrath of God and paid the wages of sin. He died for you. He died for me. And He offers us forgiveness of sin. All of our sin completely gone. And to give us eternal life with Him in heaven if we would believe and call out to Him in faith. You hear that. Some hear that. Let me say it that way. Some hear that and say, no. And the Word is not mixed with faith. It's mixed with anger. Who's this guy to tell me I'm a sinner? What does he know about me? got your own sins, buddy. Oh, yeah. Trust me, I know. The gospel makes that more abundantly clear. But it also shows me how much more I need Jesus. And the forgiveness that He offers is so much sweeter. Some people hear it and it's mixed with anger. It's mixed with arrogance. I don't need a Savior. Not faith. Not belief. And so salvation doesn't happen because they reject it. I pray that's not the case for you. Don't reject it. If you've heard the Word of God and God has allowed you to understand some things today or maybe perhaps over the past few weeks, let it bring faith in your heart. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Let it bring faith in your heart and 
a surrender to Him, a calling out to Him in faith to save you. No, don't reject. I pray that you would believe while He is calling and moving in your heart on mercy. And to those of us who know, let's go. What, are, what in the world are we sitting around for? Trying to stay safe. Unbothered. My goodness, there are people dying and going to hell. And we know, we know what can save them. It's the same thing that saved us. Somebody spoke to us and the Lord used that and we cried out to Him in faith. You are the sent ones. I am the sent ones with that same message. The gospel of God, which is the power of salvation to everyone that believes so. How will they hear unless we tell them? Oh, let's go to this messed up world with the simple saving message of Jesus. Now listen, we can't make anybody believe, but all we can do is tell them simply and clearly. And you're going to find something. You'll find that there are more broken hearts and broken lives out there than you realize. People that are longing for peace. Longing for love, longing for satisfaction. They're trying to fill that hole with all kinds of different things or drugs or sex or alcohol, whatever it may be. They're trying to fill that hole within them that only Christ can fill. And they're searching for that, searching for acceptance, all those things that, can on, that only life in Christ can bring. So let's go tell them knowing that He can do for them what He did for us. And knowing as well that if we don't, they might never believe. So let's go preach the Word, praying to see people saved. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is the simple saving message of the Gospel, isn't it? You don't have to sort through any of that to find the truth. That is the truth. And that is the most important truth you will ever know in your lifetime. You have to decide whether you accept it or not. Whether we humble ourselves and call out to Him. I pray that you would. I pray that you would hear the Word. That that Word would draw you and Open your eyes and that you would believe and call upon Him and be saved. We asked the question at the start, why isn't everyone saved? Well, there's a couple reasons there. Can I make that question more personal? If you don't know the Lord this morning, you're not trusted in Him as, as your Savior and you know for a fact your eternity lies in heaven, why haven't you been saved? I can't answer that. I know I've done my best to give the gospel. It's up to you to hear it and believe it or reject it. I pray that you would hear and be saved. Let's bow our heads. Father, I ask that you use this message. Use the words that have been spoken. Thank you for your son and his death on the cross and the grace and the mercy that you've given us, Lord. I pray that you would give me the strength in my own life and the boldness to go with that message and that the church might be a a ringing bell, a loud voice in the wilderness of this world, Lord, that people would hear the gospel from us and that they would turn to you and be saved. I pray if there is one here that does not know you as 
Savior, Lord, that even now you would draw their hearts, open their eyes, and turn them to Christ crucified on the cross. Do the work that I cannot do, Lord, and only you can do, and as you see fit. Ask your blessing on this message. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen.